Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I will be your host for today's show, which is part of our Leadership with Linnea series. In every episode of the series, I'll be joined by one guest from the Actus Leadership Council ranks or a contributor from one of our Actus publications to discuss a topic relevant to leaders in the industry, whether or not they currently hold a traditional management title. I am thrilled to be joined by Lena Wilson, MHI, RHIA, CCS, CCDS today to discuss Case Mix Index or CMI. Lena is the manager of CDI and ICD-10 clinical education at Indiana University Health in Indianapolis. She has a bachelor's degree in HIM and a master's in health informatics, both from Indiana University, and she holds both the CCS and CCDS credentials. She began her career as an inpatient coder and continued to grow from there, expanding her skills into quality auditing and then into various leadership roles in HIM coding and CDI. Lena now has almost 20 years of HIM coding and CDI experience and has been at IU Health for the last 18 years. During her tenure, she has worked in various roles supporting the CDI team from direct leadership and program oversight, as well as solely focusing on physician documentation education leading up to and through the ICD-10 code set conversion. The IU Health Inpatient CDI program was implemented in 2005 and 2006, and Lena has been involved since its inception in every aspect and in its continued growth. Over the last 18 years, the program has expanded to cover 16 inpatient and critical access facilities across the health system with 22 team members and one team lead. She has worked with others to support the implementation of a computer-assisted CDI tool as well as production and quality monitoring programs. Lena is a current member of the Actus Advisory Board, serving until spring 2024. She's a member of the Actus CDI Leadership Council and a 2022-2023 term member of the Actus Leadership Council Mastermind Group. Also, as a quick reminder before we jump in, the Actus podcast does offer 0.5 Actus CEUs for the first two days after posting, which can be used towards your CCDS or CCDSO recertification requirements. We'll share the instructions at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. And now, before we jump into our topic, just a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by the Leadership in CDI Bootcamp. Actus is proud to offer a new certificate program for CDI leaders and those looking to grow into a leadership role. Earn your certificate in CDI leadership with the Leadership in CDI Bootcamp from the experts at Actus. Graduates of the program earn the right to call themselves Actus-approved CDI leaders. Find out more about the program at actus.org slash CDI leadership or by using the link in today's show notes. And now back to the show. So thanks again for joining me today, Lena. You know that I always enjoy chatting with you. I mean, we just chatted for a few minutes even before we started recording. So really what I'm excited about today is that people are going to 
get to listen into our conversation and learn from you with me. So I think it's going to be really fun. So I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I know I just kind of mentioned, you know, like you said, we were just chatting just a second ago. Um, I'm super excited to be here today with you. Um, This is my first podcast recording. So I'm definitely excited to um, sit and chit chat with you. It's always great uh, to, to catch up. So yeah. Now we now we have at least got a topic to talk about focused on CDI. So <laughs> that is true. It's our conversations are not always CDI no, related. No, not Sometimes, always. Yeah. So today uh, we're going to talk about CMI, and of course, that's a kind of a rather traditional metric for CDI departments in that it's been on organizations' radars for a really long time, kind of since CDI's inception. So. Could you start just by talking a little bit about what CMI is, what it's measuring, and why you think it's historically been such an important metric for showing CDI's impact? So that's a lot. Let's uh, let's break that down. So CMI stands for Case Mix Index. So um, every one of our CM, CMS, MSDRGs, or Medicare Severity Adjusted Diagnosis-Related Groups, huge mouthful, but we all know each of those have an associated relative weight. So that, that MSDRG is assigned basically by looking at the principal diagnosis, all secondary diagnosis, and all the procedures performed during the patient's stay. So each of those have that, again, that associated relative weight. So that's where that CMI comes from, but it's really a calculation. So the CMI calculation is the average relative weight of all inpatient DRGs of a particular patient population. So we add up all of those DRG relative weights, and then we divide it by the total number of cases. You can look at it by um, a certain time period. You, You could look at it by service lines or by providers, even down to that level. But that's what's going to give you your your CMI or your case mix index. So the CMI has really been a metric used for hospitals for quite some time, really to show, um, and we typically hear, you know, this is is the value that tells us how sick our patients are or how, how complex our patient population is. And it's really one of those that can can reflect that. So what we would expect to see as a higher number would show us that our patients are maybe more complex um, than other facilities or even other service lines. Um, But there's a lot of other things that now I think over time as we've evolved with with how we look at how complex our patient population is, that CMI alone is really not the sole metric to use anymore to give us that information. And, and I think, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get there and we'll talk about some other things in a little bit about, you know, what, what else can we look at in terms of just the CMI or other other things. That's awesome. Thank you for breaking that down and giving a little bit of a, a primer here. I appreciate that. Um, so one of the things that we hear a lot is that CMI only tells kind of part of the CDI story. So why is that? Do you have some examples you could share of things that maybe impact CMI that are completely outside of CDI's control? Sure. Yeah. So I think this is probably one of the most important questions that we'll probably talk about today and probably the best nuggets to walk away with to remember is, you know, CMI really only tells a portion of the story and it really can be a very temperamental or, or sometimes even volatile because it can change so much metric. So it's one of those you really 
have to understand its complexity to be able to um, interpret that information and, and use that, you know, in different meetings and settings and such. So CMI is influenced by many factors. One of the things that when I, t- when I said, you know, just a second ago, it's a temperamental metric, you know, it can easily be influenced by your patient mix. So again, CMI is looking at the patient mix, but when we're looking at it, if we have one or two less patients that are trach during a certain period of time, trachs are those really high-weighted DRGs. Maybe we have orthopedic surgeons that are on uh, vacation or even transplant surgeons. If you have transplants at your facility, one or two less patients during a given time period can definitely decrease your CMI. So it's not that you're you're seeing um, your patient population has really changed that much overall. It's more so the fact that the volumes that you may that may have maybe been constant over time have dipped during a certain month or a certain time period. So it can be very temperamental. But if you notice that, um, and, and maybe even take into consideration of looking at those metrics outside of CMI. So you look at your CMI as a whole, but you say, okay, we're going to track of the CMI. We're going to track how many traits that we had. So you, you know, where your, um, your not necessarily pain points, but you know, where those more influential relative weighted DRGs are, and then you can track those separately. So that can, that can also help to be a supplement to that CMI. Um, But again, those things are so, so out of CDI's control. So, you know, we're not responsible for direct patient care. We're really just here to make sure that the documentation on the charts that we have really reflects the the complexity of the patients. And it's it's that true and complete reflection of what's going on. And then again, reflected in their final coding. So it's really all out of our control, but we just want to make sure that when when we do identify those areas that can be in flux over time, that we are trying to track those independent of the CMI metric. Yeah. And I I remember one of the examples I always think of when we talk about like things that are just outside of CDI's control affecting CMI. Um, a lot of folks talked about at the height of the pandemic that their fluctuating patient census with elective oh, yes. surgeries canceled yep. and you know an influx of COVID patients or sometimes just a really low census just completely messed yep. up the CMI. That's exactly <laughs> right. And I, and I think you know that's why if you you can't look at CMI in a vacuum. Like if you if you just look at CMI and you're only looking at that value but you really don't understand what the components are that make up the CMI, you you really can have a maybe even a false sense of security of, oh, our patient mix is really high. But if you don't understand what goes into it, and those were all really good points. I mean, yeah, we we did the same thing. You know, we canceled elective surgery. So that definitely makes a difference. It, it That can have an impact on your CMI. Even looking at, you know, do you have a high newborn population? So a lot of facilities and organizations will even remove certain service lines out when they're calculating their CMI because, you know, a lot of, you have a lot of babies, they, they aren't the higher weighted DRGs, but they have, a, you could have a lot of volume there, but there's so many factors that go into it and probably things that, you know, as people are sitting here listening, listening to us chat, like thinking of other examples in their own heads while they're listening, like here's other things that, that can impact the CMI that, you know, may, may be pain points for their organization. 
Absolutely. And it's, I, I always think of what Lori Prescott says is that she doesn't want to take full credit when the CMI looks great because then she has to take full credit if the CMI looks terrible. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. That is so very true. Yeah. And, and we, I feel like, you know, the, the ownership of CMI is really kind of like a pie and C, and CDI is really just a small sliver of that. There's so many other things that go into it. Even, even looking at things like statusing of patients. So if you have more patients that maybe go into an ob status that stay chest pain and they don't, they aren't admitted, that can also impact your CMI. So there's so many other things that are, that are 100% outside of CDI's control that, you know, we, we have to, again, take, keep, keep kind of in the back of our mind as we're, as we're looking at the CMI and understand that there's, there are so many other things. And Lori's right. You know, you, if you're going to own it when it's good, you got to own it when it's bad. So you, you definitely have to, um, keep that, keep that in, and take that into consideration as well. Yeah. A bit of a double-edged, double-edged sword there. Oh my, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So knowing those limitations of CMI, the first thing that comes to my mind is why do we use it for CDI at all? Then what's the point of using a metric that comes with this much confusion and kind of difficulty? <laughs> yes, we've already pointed out all the pain points. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, you know, my, my own personal opinion is I think we've used CMI for so long that it's one of those things where I don't know that we'll ever 100% get away with it. it. It really is a good metric to use, but I don't, like we just, like we were just talking, I don't think that it's necessarily, since it's not something CDI owns wholly, you know, I don't think it can determine the overall success of a program. So you really have to, um, you know, again, take everything into consideration. I, I think it's been, again, such a, such a historical metric that's been used. There is some good out of it, but there's a lot of other things that now over time as we've evolved, as we've, you know, we all participate in different quality benchmarking type, um, either organizations or national rankings and those types of things. So I think that we're starting to supplement our CMI with some of those other things and tracking different metrics, looking more at mortality index and length of stay index and, and how we can address those because those will also help and could contribute then and again back to your CMI. So I, I think it's kind of one of those, you know, comfort metrics that we've always used. And I, I just think, you know, we, we have to supplement it with our with our evolving metrics that we have over time because things start to change, you know, and we have to we have to be um, moving forward constantly because the old way of doing things doesn't necessarily mean that's the best way of doing things. But yeah, it, it is, it is still a good metric, but I, like I said, I think we need to, we need to supplement and start looking at some other things as well. Absolutely. And it's, um, I think I'm going to use that phrase comfort metrics for the rest of my <laughs> yeah. life. Um, as You're welcome. Loves data, I love it. <laughs> so Obviously, part of the reason that CMI, other than just being kind of a historical metric for CDI, part of the reason it has stuck around is that organizational leadership really cares about that number. So when CDI professionals, maybe those in leadership, are asked to maybe explain some of those changes in CMI, are there ways that they can help their leadership kind of understand that bigger, full picture? Yeah, you know... Um... 
I, I know you're going to link in the show notes the um, the white paper that we worked on on CMI, but I, I do think that there are some really valuable examples in there. And I know when we were chatting before we started recording today, I was mentioning a presentation that I had done um, last fall on CMI. It kind of referenced again that the white paper, but there are some different examples that you can show. Um, I, I think the, those trach examples that we were talking about earlier, the different changes in, you know, even your surgical service lines and showing some of those examples are definitely helpful to convey to leadership to show how um, temperamental that metric can be. Um, but then also knowing, you know, your, your shifts and the different things that can influence. So I, I think being armed with information to be able to address, like, like you said with Lori, you know, you, you either own it, if you own it, you know, you own the good and the bad, good, bad, and ugly. And um, you, you definitely need to understand everything that goes into that. So I think being being equipped with all of that, basically having all of that in your um, in your toolkit to explain to your leadership is definitely something that I would highly recommend. You need to know what influences it, what can positively influence, what can negatively influence to be able to speak to all of that and, um, you know, understanding the ins and outs of it. I, I think that that's that's definitely something that you'll need to make sure that you have have again yet, like I said, just a second ago in your toolkit to make sure that you, you have that available to explain to your leadership and give them that full picture and explain, you know, you can even show, I know we've got some examples again in the white paper where it'll show, um, you know, what it looks like if you have, you know, um, trach patients added in. And then there's another example when they're removed and you can see the stark contrast between the two and how something so, so, um, not to minimize a trach at, at any cost, but, um, you know, one less trach a month, one less um, orthopedic procedure a month can really have a drastic difference on your CMI. And if you're a smaller organization, that it's definitely a much more volatile metric for you than it would be maybe for a hospital system where you would be looking at it across the entire facility spectrum there. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that about the kind of size of the organization having a big impact, but that makes complete sense. It can really tank it quickly. So, you know, like some we have, uh, I'm part of a, a hospital system. So we've got some smaller facilities and some larger facilities. So if you're looking at a smaller facility, one or two less procedures a month can drastically drop a CMI. And it's really something, again, like you just have to really be equipped and understand the different things that can influence it. And and once I feel like you can't solve for everything, but at least understanding all of that can definitely help you to be able to interpret when those changes do happen. And then again, like we were kind of talking about earlier, you know, parsing out some of those things, maybe, you know, you have higher weighted, um, procedures that you perform regularly, kind of keeping a track on that and knowing, okay, well, we we had 10 last month, but we only had five this month. So you're already prepared with that information. Should you get questions of, hey, the CMI is low or why? And you immediately know, oh, well, we only performed half of our regular volume. That That's a, that's a quick reason as to why our CMI has dipped this month. So yeah, having that information is very important. Absolutely. So We've kind of touched on this a little bit when we talked about kind of the evolving metrics for CDI, but I know with my work with the Leadership Council and with the mastermind groups, CDI leaders track and monitor just a whole slew of metrics. And I'm 
pretty sure that tracking data could be like your full-time job <laughs> as a CDI uh, leader. Yes. Maybe <laughs> some days it is your full-time job, I think. Um, and CMI is really just one of those metrics. So could you share a little bit about what other metrics you are tracking and how they help paint that holistic picture of your department's performance beyond just that CMI? Yeah, a slew of metrics. I like that. Um, I, I will say I did spend all day Monday working on metrics. So um, it, it definitely can be a part time and or full time job, depending on, uh, you know, how what your scope of or span of control is at your organization. So um, for, for us in particular, we do not report out CMI. That's not a metric that we it is reported, but it's not something that CDI is responsible for reporting out. So that's one of those metrics. Again, I, I think I, as we lovingly referred to it earlier as a comfort metric, you know, that's that's one of those things that um, is probably never going to go away and will be reported out. We do report it out um, in two different ways. So we will remove normal newborns. So those um that because we do have obviously probably with most of the people listening in today probably have a high volume of normal newborns coming through. So we do report those out in two different ways with including and excluding those values. So lots of different other metrics. Um, so I, I, Try to parse them out as what I would refer to as like internal, so operational metrics that would be uh, maybe internal to the team and, and leadership there. And then you've got your external metrics as well. So internally, you know, you're definitely looking at productivity. You're looking at um you know, how many charts are being reviewed, what's your query rate, what's your response rate. Some facilities look at agreement rate. So that that's going to tell you operationally how you're doing. But but ultimately, that, again, handholds into some of these other metrics that we've talked about already. So handholds into CMI. Also, other things that, you know, external to our team that we would be reporting would be things like our portion or contribution to the length of stay and mortality indices. So when we're looking at those metrics, we've got this index of observed over expected. So all of our CDI work is really going to bolster and, and really um, more robustly and completely reflect that expected value or that denominator. So those are things that we really look at from a quality perspective. And, and those have been, target metrics for the last several years for our organization to focus on. So not only at the facility level, but even at the service line level as well, we're trying to look at those things to see where we can make improvements. Are there certain areas where particular diagnoses may be underdocumented. So that's where you can supplement with maybe your query volume and your response rate. So you can start to um, plug and play different metrics in to see what those outcomes are and how you can influence those. So that's definitely something that, that can come into play. I know some of our focus right now is, is on malnutrition. We're working on fluid and electrolytes. So we're really trying to make sure that we are getting those, those diagnoses that may be, they're being treated, especially with those fluid and electrolytes where they might not necessarily be called out and captured in the documentation. So lots of different ways to, to be able to track and trend those quality metrics. Other things I'm sure most organizations that, um, and people that are listening in would be tracking and, and looking at maybe health grade scores 
or U.S. News and World Report rankings. So our documentation that we're working in conjunction with with the providers to get, you know, translating into diagnosis codes, that again is another reflection of the work that we're doing. So it's not just the CMI, those immediate metrics. There are some of those um, metrics that may take a little bit because the U.S. News and World Report uses MedPAR data. It runs a couple years behind. So we've got some some of those lagging metrics, though, but they definitely give us a much more robust picture of all of the quality work that CDI is doing and not just focusing specifically on that case mix index. So that was a really long answer um, to, to, your, to your question. But I think that, you know, and, and there's probably other things that I didn't mention that people say. Sitting, sitting here listening to us are like, oh, here are other things that we do. And, and there's there's tons of different ways to measure and assess the, the successfulness of your program and to target different areas and, and places where you can go and focus to maybe make some additional improvements. So there's always, there's always some type of improvement to be made when it comes to documentation and CDI. Thank you for going through all of those various metrics. I know you said it was a long answer, but I think that's helpful for people to hear that kind of comprehensive approach to to reporting and, and metrics. And I think one of the things I really love is that distinction between internal and external metrics. And some of that I think goes back to like knowing your audience, you know, like not all of those kind of internal metrics, things like your productivity rates and everything are going to be that interesting to like a CFO. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 That's why I, I, I personally kind of parse them out between the two because it's kind of like, you know, how we run our shop versus the, the impact that we make because, you know, internal quality scores and that kind of stuff, like, yes, that's important to have. And those are valuable metrics to be looking at, but you're right. Like the CFOs don't, don't, they, they know I'm monitoring quality and they know that I would take care of any quality concerns that I may have, but that's not anything they need to be worrying themselves about. So yeah, you definitely, I feel like that's why there needs to be that, that kind of parsing out of two different buckets of the internal versus the, the reported out metrics for sure. Absolutely. So as we kind of close out here, I'd love to hear just a little about how you think CDI's relationship with CMI as a metric has kind of changed over the years as the scope of the industry has expanded and shifted. Do you see that there are maybe more changes on the horizon for which metrics are kind of top priority for showing impact? Or do you think we're, we've reached sort of a a stasis point for a little while? (laughs) That's a really good question. So um, I've been doing this for uh, like 20 years now. It's it's crazy. Um, and it's it's funny because I remember early on in my career, these conversations where we would get pepper reports and, and the different metrics that would come out on there and, and the CMI. And and I, I vividly remember, you know, as we were as I was kind of talking to you earlier about this, different situations throughout my career where I would had have had these conversations with my leadership of, you know, hey, there was less trakes this month, or there was less this or less that. And that's why it's different. Or, oh, we had more last month. And that's why it was higher. And, and I I think, you know, some of those nuggets that we talked about earlier, of of making sure you're equipped with that. I vividly remember those situations over my career. So I, I do think that, you know, our CDI hasn't been in a constant state of evolution. So where it was when I started, years ago to, um, you know, even different check-in points over the last 
20, 20-ish years has been um, really interesting. So I, I think, you know, we, we um, look at these national rankings and we, we start to be more equipped with um, looking at mortality and length of stay because we did look at those things before, but I feel like the focus on those has, has definitely been brought much more to the forefront than, than what it was maybe 15, 20 years ago. And I think that those are definitely metrics. They're not going to go away. I think understanding and conveying to not only um, your providers, but understanding the fact of what all documentation can impact. So it's not just about making sure we, we bring in all of the dollars that we're supposed to bring in. There are so many quality pieces. So this is real, a really great question, you know, as we evolve and, and kind of talked about some of these already with different, you know, the, the length of say, the mortality index, when we talk about national rankings, even different things. So even our, our inpatient side can impact our HCC which is, you know, the professional side, but that's definitely something, another offshoot of our inpatient work. So there's so many different metrics and so many different ways to splice and dice it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we were still doing this five, 10 years down the road, if there were even other metrics that we didn't even think of today to start tracking. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how the profession continues to evolve. And, and, you know, those things that might even seem when we figure out what they are to, to measure, like, why didn't we think of that years ago? This seems so obvious. And and I think, you know, that's kind of where we get with some of the things that we look at today. Like, oh, that that seems so obvious. Why haven't we been looking at that all along? So I'm really excited to see kind of where, you know, where it takes us. But I, I think that, you know, starting to use those those external metrics or those reported out metrics that, that I, how I kind of refer to them, I think knowing those and knowing how you impact and, and even, even if they look good, there's still always room for improvement. So there's always still something more that we can do. There's more maybe specificity, or there may be more things that we can work with different service lines to make sure that we capture better. So even though our work is never done, basically is what I'm trying to get out there, but there's always going to be something additional that we can look at um, in, in terms of showing showing our impact and showing how valuable we are to organizations. Yeah, and I think that's a great place to end. I'm sure that we're going to be back talking about metrics and CMI in, you know, 10 years from now. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we will ever stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lena, for chatting with me today. This has been really fun, and I hope our audience finds it helpful like I did. Unfortunately, we have run out of time for our discussion today. As Lena mentioned, I will put that link to the paper on CMI that the advisory board published last year in the show notes. You can also find that on the ACTIS website by going to the white papers section, which is under the thought leadership tab of the menu. But like I said, you can always just click the link too. As always, if our audience has any questions about the topic, you can feel free to email the ACTIS team at info at actus.org. I'll also put that email address in the show notes, which are available on the show page at actus.org and in your podcast app of choice, and you can just grab it right from there. 
Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. I have three quick updates for you all today. The first is that our call for speaker applications for Actus's 2024 events is closing on Monday, July 24th. This speaker application is for three in-person events next year, and we do hope that you will consider applying for at least one of those. The first event, of course, is the 2024 Actus National Conference which will take place April 8th through 11th, 2024. Do note that that is a month earlier than usual, and that will happen in Indianapolis. The conference is our flagship event and features five concurrent educational tracks covering a wide variety of topics. So if you have an idea and expertise to share, we want to hear about it for the conference. The second event that you can apply to speak at is the Actus Physician Advisor Forum, which is an updated event based on our previous Physician Advisor pre-conference some of you may already be familiar with. This event will take place directly before the Actus Conference on April 7th and 8th, and it will feature sessions for both brand new physician advisors and those with more experience already under their belts. And finally, applicants can also apply to speak at the Actus Symposium Outpatient CDI, which, as the name suggests, focuses specifically on CDI efforts in the outpatient and ambulatory spaces. The symposium offers a wide range of topics for those who are just stepping out into outpatient reviews and those who are looking to maybe expand their more mature program. We really do hope that you'll consider applying. You are welcome to apply for one, two, or all all three events, but we do ask that you complete individual applications for each session that you wish to submit to make it easier for our Actus Events Committee and our Actus staff to review your submissions. Not only is this just a really great way for you to develop professionally, but up to two speakers per session also get complimentary admission to the event that they are speaking at. So this is really a great way to stretch your maybe limited educational budget. My second update today is that the deadline to respond to our 2023 CDI Week industry survey has been extended to August 2nd. That's a Wednesday. Additionally, if you responded to the survey previously and you are not a member of the Actus Leadership Council, there was an error in the survey which caused you to bypass the questions on the survey. If this occurred, you would have only answered the following questions. First, are you an Actus Leadership Council member? to which you answered no, and then you would have seen a question about a giveaway with a contact information form and a final question about your interest in being featured in an Actus Media member. The industry survey is, of course, much more robust than those three questions, and we would really greatly appreciate it if you would take a moment to retake that survey so that we can have your responses for all the topic areas. We apologize for this inconvenience, um, and we deeply appreciate your help collecting this important data. We really appreciate the the person who let us know that this issue was occurring, and we hope that you will take a few minutes to help us gather this important data. As a reminder, this year we are celebrating CDI Week on September 18th through the 22nd, and our theme will be CDI Success Stories, Writing Your Next Chapter. Like every year, the results of the industry survey will serve as the cornerstone of all of our CDI Week activities, and it provides really valuable industry insight to all CDI professionals. This year's survey covers provider engagement, professional development and staffing, 
outpatient CDI and risk adjustment, denial trends and CDI involvement, and workflow tools and technology. The results will be shared along with expert commentary at the beginning of CDI week in September. Finally, my last reminder is that we are currently accepting submissions for publication in the September-October edition of the CDI Journal until August 1st. The topic for that edition is denials management, and we would love to hear about your experiences. If you need some help deciding what to write about, or you would like to just know more about our editorial process, just send us an email at info at actus.org. We'd love to hear from you, and we would love to help you polish your articles. Of course, as always, you can find the links for all of the information on all of these updates in today's show notes, and you can always reach out to us at info at if you have any questions. As a reminder, before we close out, each Actus podcast episode offers 0.5 Actus CEUs, which can be used towards recertifying your CCDS or CCDSO credential for those who listen to the show in the first two days from the time of posting. To receive your 0.5 CEUs, go to the show page on actus.org by clicking on the Actus podcast link under the resources tab and then clicking on today's episode from the list on that page. Then scroll down to the recording of today's episode and click play at the end of the video. And I'm talking all the way at the end when the timer gets all the way to zero, you no longer hear our beautiful outro music. A link to the CEU evaluation will appear in the episode player at that time. Simply click on that link, take the survey, and your certificate will be automatically emailed to you upon submitting that brief evaluation. Those instructions are also laid out on the show page on the Actus website so that you can follow along there too. The cutoff for today's episode CEU is Friday, July 21st at 11 p.m. Eastern. After that point, the CEU period will close and you will not be eligible for those 0.5 CEUs for this week's episode. With that, we have reached the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We will be back in two weeks on Wednesday, August 2nd with a new episode in our Talking CDI series, which will be hosted by Actus Director of Programming, Rebecca Hendren. If you would like to receive reminders about each episode, make sure that you are subscribed to our free weekly newsletter, CDI Strategies, which always includes a link to the new episode when it's available. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd really appreciate it if you would take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the free music archive. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please feel free to email us at info at And until next time, take care, everyone.